Welcome back to The Daily Drum on WHUR, Sirius XM Channel 141, 96.3 HD2 and 98.3 FM. This is the Insight Segment. I'm Harold Fisher. We all love a good meal, a home-cooked dish piled high with our favorite soul food. How about a thick, juicy steak with mashed potatoes and a side of broccoli? Or, to finish it all off, Warm peach cobbler with a small or large scoop of vanilla ice cream dusted with cinnamon. Sound good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, for some of us, it sounds good. But many Americans are struggling with overeating and food addiction. How do you know that? Well, once you figure it out, what can you do about it? In tonight's Medical Monday conversation, we are examining food addiction. My guests are Udo Erasmus, author of Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, and Michelle Pettis, author of Leaving Large, Stories of a Food Addict. Lines are open. Give us a call if you have a comment or a question at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. You can X me at hfisherwhur or find me on Instagram at Harold T. Fisher. Uh, Udo, thank you so much for joining the conversation. Well, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Michelle, good to talk to you again. As always, it's good to talk to you, Harold. Absolutely. So, Michelle, I, I want to start with you. Can you give me kind of a working definition of what food addiction is? Yeah. I, well, first of all, this, let me give you a definition of what addiction is, right? Uh, addiction is this compuls- a compulsive behavior that we participate in despite the negative consequences. So whether whether you're talking about food or whether you're talking about some other illegal substance, whether you're talking about gambling, whether you're talking about sex, whether whatever you're talking about, it's it's still addiction, right? And addiction just impacts the brain. It's the inability to stop doing something, even though you know it may it, it might be detrimental to you. And that happens to a lot of us when it comes to processed food. Let me just be clear about that. And that was my situation for for 40 years. I was a processed food addict. Mm. You know, you talk a lot about the impacts of of processed food, but can food addiction also be an issue for even healthy food? Yes. So, yes. Well, I was sure, I was asking you, Michelle, I was asking you, though, um, oh, you were asking you though. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Michelle. You know, look, yeah, yeah. But, 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 you know, Michelle is also addicted to talking, but that's quite. <laughs> you know, I know we're gonna have a conversation tonight. I just need to step on any toes. No, that, no, that's all right. Uh, you don't go right ahead. Yeah. So the 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 I guess the question you have to ask is where does where in human nature does addiction come from? And there has to be an element of discontent. That's basically our, if you look at the world and human beings, we are the discontent species on the planet. And that discontent comes from disconnection from ourselves. So if you're discontent because you're disconnected from yourself, you'll always be looking for, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do that will get me feel cared for? And the answer to it is only 
connecting to yourself, to life, gets you feeling cared for. And if you're not connected to that, then you're going to be addicted to something. Or you're going to go through a series of consecutive addictions. Try that and try that and try something else and try something else. And that's on top of that there are some physiological, particularly sugar, high blood sugar, low blood sugar, that will actually create a scream in your body for eat or die that will make you gorge, that will make you overeat, that will make you eat the wrong foods because you have, you know that certain foods will make your blood sugar come back up, but it takes time and you don't get the cycle done properly and then you end up with what we call carbohydrate addiction. But, but, but let me let me ask you about this, Judo, because, and, and that makes sense, but I don't believe that people look at overeating with those kinds of complexities. I, be, I believe that if grandma's peach cobbler yeah. is just so good and you yeah. and you and you know that more than one helping with that vanilla ice cream with the vanilla bean specks and the and the cinnamon dust on top of that more yeah. than one is too much but it, it's you know for a lot of people they they want to feel that you know, feel that caramelized crust and those sweet peaches in their <laughs> mouth yet again. Yes, all, of, all of that, all of that is acquired. And it's acquired because as a baby, you don't automatically need peach cobblers. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that comes with mother love. Maybe that comes with social, social situations that you like. Maybe that comes with the fact that when you eat certain kind of foods, you're getting lots of calories, but you're not getting enough minerals and vitamins and other essential nutrients, so your hunger won't go away until your body gets all of its essential nutrients that it needs. Mm. So there's a lot of, and sometimes people, people uh, they can't tell the difference between thirst for water and hunger for food. But what you're talking about, the peach cobbler, Clearly, somebody bamboozled you through some form of advertising, whether it's mother love or the industry finding emotional ways to to uh, to trigger your emo your hope for emotional contentment. Mm. What do you think? To make you, and then you get the habit, and then you get the low blood sugar, and now it's a physiological problem, you know. But it begins with education or lack thereof. Edu lack of education of, of self and miseducation about what is food and what is health. What do you we think? We don't do a very good job on any of that. What do you think about that, right Michelle? I, I think he is spot on. He is, you know, you're spot on. We're, we're living right now in a, in, a, in a society where people are confused about what real food is. Right? We get yep. so many messages from messengers that we trust that tell us that tell us this, that food can do things it cannot do. The only thing, only problem food can solve is hunger. But we don't even know what real food is. So someone given the choice, uh, Harold, as you said, uh, grandma's peach cobbler, right, versus the peach, 
they're going to choose yeah, hey, a peach cobbler before they choose the peach, even though the peach is the most nutritious thing for our body, right. and it is the it is the thing that is real food. It is the thing that's, that is really going to satisfy our new, new nutritional needs. But we're in a space mm-hmm. right now where the the criteria that people use to decide what they're going to eat is not nutrition. It's appearance, taste, smell, and pleasure. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. Hold on, hold on, you though. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. It's a medical Monday conversation. We're talking about food addiction. How do you know, and what can you do about it? If you have a comment or a question, give us a call. Again, lines are open at two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. We'll be taking your calls all the way up until about. Eight o'clock or so. So, Michelle, to your point, mm-hmm. uh, we can intellectualize what you just said. Okay. And <laughs> and I'm here for that. Okay. But that but that is a hard sell. If 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 your average person, if you say, "Hey, would you like a peach, or do you want some peach cobbler?" Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, short of asking that of a vegan. But if you're talking about somebody who eats, you know, a variety of things, is not a vegan, not a vegetarian, or any of that, you know, you you want some peach cobbler, you want some of, you want some of this, you know, chicken, you want some of these mashed potatoes or what have you. Uh, how how do you get the mind right, Michelle, to to sell that? Okay, Udo was right on point when he talked about education, right? So the first thing people have to accept, and you're right, it is a hard sell because we get all these messages that tell us food is something that is not. The first thing that we have to accept is that the purpose of food and eating is nutrition. That nutrition and nourishment and energy. That food is a one-trick pony. But we have a culture and a society that tells us that food can satisfy emotional an emotional need. It cannot. As much as we think that it can, it doesn't. And so that's how people get trapped in addiction. We spoke, spoke to it earlier, uh, that you, your body, your, when your body is hungry, it wants nutrition and nourishment. But we give it junk food, we give it snack food, we give it food that is high in calories and low in nutrition. And so we're still hungry. And so we start eating the snack food and the junk food and the fast food, which is loaded with fat, it's loaded with sugar, and loaded with additives that we don't even know what they are. And they those things make us addictive. And then sugar is in all sorts of things that it doesn't even really need to be in. And it is not even food. It has no nutritional value. All it does is create an addictive brain, right, which which is more addictive than cocaine. Yep. And yet, it, it is everywhere and in almost everything. And people don't have a, the consciousness to understand what it's doing to the body and that it's not providing the body what it needs. So you're in a constant state of trying to eat. You're, I mean, you're always hungry because you're eating highly addictive, low-nutrient foods and your body is craving nutrients so you're hungry and that addictive cycle kicks in. Let, and let you me, layer that let, on top of your emotional responses, then, you know, people are trapped. Let me go to the phone lines real quick. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. Mari calling from D.C. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hey, I appreciate it, Harold. Um, and 
I love what both guests are saying. Um, they're speaking 100% facts. I think it's three main things, um, and they touched on all three of them, but it's the emotional connection. It's getting back to what food really is and what food is not, and it's also reconnecting with just nature. So the emotional connection, I mean, here when you bring up the peach cobbler and stuff like that, I was growing up in a southern household, all those comfort foods that we get exposed to when we're young, they aren't good for us at all. And I appreciate the heritage, and I understand where it comes from, our food as a culture, but when you get exposed to those dangerous foods that young, we all know the ages zero to five, those are the building blocks of the brain, the body. You make an emotional attachment to those bad foods, and some people carry those throughout their entire life, right? So that's the first thing. Second thing, real food, right? Getting back to just simple vegetables, fruits, you know, good whole grains and um, water and, you know, just things like that, you know, eating all these processed foods. You might as well be eating sawdust, you know, or, you know, like you said, cocaine, like she said, sugar is just as addictive as that. And it's even more than that. And then the third thing, really just getting back to connecting with nature as far as our body, you know, on the bio, um, I don't remember the word for that, but getting back to what our bodies function off of. I mean, you can even go to sex with this, like how we uh, romanticize and pleasurize sex, you know? It's it's a discontent thing. It's a thing of, uh, you know, I, I want to do this because I like it, you yeah. know, more than we actually mm-hmm. should, et cetera. But yeah. just those three things. Well, um, yeah. Mari, thank you so much for your comments. I, I appreciate this. So, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to hurt you. I've got to. I've got to put. You know, because you you're you're from Poland, right? Originally, I was born in Poland. That's uh, right. So, what do you during the Second World War? Okay, 1942. So, you know, what do you do when you are around your 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 friends from the homeland and they're talking about kielbasa and they're talking about pierogies and they're talking about cabbage rolls and all of that and the reason i know that is because i lived in buffalo new york at one point huge huge <laughs> polish community there yeah, yeah. And it, you know food is so cultural and yeah. So, so what do you say you say you know I, i'm not going to have any pierogies tonight i'm going to eat celery and peanut butter no, you know what? No, I. You know what? I'm not eating for for the rest of the Polacks, and I'm not and I'm not eating for my culture. Mm-hmm. I'm eating for my body. Yes. And if I pay attention to my body, it lets me know what works and what doesn't work. And so when I go with those guys, you know, if I have to, I'll bring an apple or whatever, right? Uh, if if I need to. Um, because I have certain things that work for my body, and I'm 81, so uh, I've, I have, so my body has a lot of experience, and I've <laughs> changed in my food habits, and I go along with what works better for my body, because I like to have energy, I like it when I crash, and I don't like fog brain, and I don't feel, don't feel like, like when I'm overweight, I don't like it, and so I eat the way I need to, and I exercise the way I need to, in order to feel good in my own space. So I'm not eating socially. I'm not eating for other people. And, and frankly, why would you? Why would I put something in my mouth 
because you have an idea mm-hmm. about that isn't even thought through that you inherited over God knows how long time about foods. Yeah. Why would I? Why would I? Why would anybody do that? Well, eating, a, a lot of a lot of fuel, a lot of people. My body. A, a lot of people certainly are, and I think that's the getting to the heart of the matter or stomach of the matter, whichever you would prefer. And and that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons we are having this conversation. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. It's a medical Monday. We are talking about food addiction. How do you know that you are a food addict? And how can you kick the habit and be a healthier person? We're going to take a break, but lines are still open again at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. Stay with us. The Daily Drum will continue on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Harold Fisher. John Mons is next with the original Quiet Storm. That's on WHUR. This conversation continues on Sirius XM Channel 141 in just a few seconds. Welcome back to The Daily Drum on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Harold Fisher. During Today's Medical Monday conversation, we are examining food addiction. My guests are Udo Erasmus, author of Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, and Michelle Pettis, author of Leaving Large, Stories of a Food Addict. If you have a comment, if you have a question, give us a call. Lines are open at 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. You can X me at hfisherwhur or find me on Instagram at Harold T. Fisher. So, Michelle, how did you stop your food addiction? Or how did you turn it around because you and I have had conversations before and you know you like you know you enjoy a, a great meal just as much as the next person I do I do enjoy I enjoy food and I'm not saying that we shouldn't enjoy food but I, what I am saying is that food is not joy mm. Whoa, well, wait a minute hold on repeat mm-hmm. that Repeat that again, please. What I am saying is that we should enjoy our food. We should enjoy good food, but we need to be clear about what food is. But I am also saying that food is not joy. And joy, joy and any sort of emotion that we feel, that's inside of us, right? That's, that's, in, that's inherent in us. And if we're using food to to mask that, to comfort, to, uh, to, to address that, and it's inside of us, then we'll always be eating because, because, because we'll always want that feeling. That's part, of where the, that's part of where the addiction comes from. But once we get, you asked me how did I get there, I got really clear. I did something, Harold, when I was 60 years old. Uh, I actually went to Google and I looked up the definition of food. I was 60 years old before I actually did it. Mm. And when I went to Google and I saw that it is just nutrition, nourishment, and energy, I got an instant vote of clarity is all that I can say. And what was and, that? What? That, hold on. Let's mm-hmm. drill down a little bit. So what? Mm-hmm. what did that look like? What did that moment of clarity look like for you? 
it it looked like, oh my God, I have been eating for the wrong reasons for forty years. That 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 I have not been eating for nutrition, nourishment, or energy. I have just been eating. I have just been eating to eat. I have just been eating because stuff tastes good. And I, I mean, I when I wrote my when I wrote my book two years ago, my the the title is Leading Large: The Stories of a Food Addict. I didn't know two years ago what I know now. If I was writing my book now, it would be Leading Large: The Stories of a Processed Food Addict, because the reality <laughs> is. The reality is, is that food, real food, whole food, is good for you. It, it, is, it is good for you. But it is the, and it heals, and it is medicine, right? It, it, it's, it supports and protects our body, real food, whole food. But the snack food, fast food, junk food stuff, and we don't, ex- we don't accept junk in any other, any other area of our life except our body. Right? Mm. That stuff will, that stuff is addictive and it hurts us. And when I started to really look and understand and get educated about what food really was, it was a shift for me. It was a, and I started to enjoy whole good food that supported my body. I started making decisions based on how I wanted to look, how I wanted to feel, and how I wanted to show up. And I could look at the food. If this food is not going to give me the body I say that I want, I'm not going to eat it. If, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay. So I had to start asking, just like Udo said earlier, am I really hungry right now or am I feeling something else? Is it really hunger? Because I, because I spent so many years eating just for pleasure, just for joy, just for happiness, that I didn't even know what real hunger felt like. So what it looked for me was I had to start I had to start doing what I call EAT, and it's an acronym. I had to start examining what I was eating. I had to start asking the questions about what I was eating, and I had to start thinking about what I was eating before every bite I put in my mouth. And just to, and to be conscious of it and really create some space between the urge to eat and the actual act of eating. So when you create some space, it, al- it, allows, it, allows to make, it allows you to make a decision that's based in more on nutrition rather than one that's based in addiction. So, you know, piggybacking mm-hmm. on what Michelle is saying, let's, yeah. ta- let's talk about practical application. Yeah. So with, let, let's take... The, the the Udos of the world, the Michelles of the world, and and other people who are good old fashioned working stiffs, or people such as you two who do a lot of traveling, for example, who attend who attend events where there where food is being where food is being served, if you are going to be intentional about these kinds of things, how do you work around the the potholes and the landmines and the speed bumps of of bad food choices that are presented every day? I'm not talking about mm-hmm. candy. I'm not talking about fast food. I think I think 
that that's the easy stuff. You can clean out the candy. You can clean out the cakes. You can bypass the fast food places. You you can avoid in the grocery store uh, picking up a Reese's bar even on Halloween Eve. But but when you are presented with real situations where you might you might just really be hungry. How how do you do that, Yudo? Well, you know, it, first of all, I want to say something about what Michelle was saying. Insight is super powerful. Because when you understand something within your own, within yourself, you this becomes your law. Oh, my God. You know, she had a realization. Insight. You know, was triggered by something, but it's her insight. And on that insight, insight is super powerful. The other thing I wanted to say is, you know, a lot of addiction may just be habit. We just do it yeah. because we do it. And, and, and I'll give you an example. You know, you're riding your bicycle and you're thinking about your peach cobbler that you're, you know, that you're so into. You know, and then you slip and you fall off your bike. And all of a sudden you're not thinking about peach cobbler because now you actually have a real situation to deal with and your knee hurts or whatever it is you are. So sometimes they're just distractions that we entertain habitually. So you've you got to put that in the mix as well. And if you're not addicted, if it's just a habit, then if you notice the habit, then you actually get control of it. So going to your question about, yeah, but what if you're hungry uh, and, uh, and, you know, and you're in a place you know, there's social pressure, there's whatever it is. First of all, the social pressure, I'm old enough to know that most social pressure is junk. Yeah. The other thing is, there's nothing wrong with being hungry. You know, sometimes we are, at this moment I'm hungry, i got to stuff myself. No, it's okay to feel and to enjoy feeling hungry as a sign of life. Because dead people are never hungry. <laughs> you look at it as a sign of life and you said, wow, how cool is it? You know, I'm made out of water and air and dust and a little bit of sunshine in there. That's what makes a human being. And I get to feel what it feels like to be hungry. Or I get to feel what it, or I get to see something that it has color in it or whatever it is. They're all signs of life. And if you focus on seeing it as a sign of life and enjoying it because it's a gift to you, it also has a practical application, obviously, but it's also a gift. So then I wait until I'm around something that I actually do want to eat that I know is good for me, or I eat before I get into that situation. You know, and because we're, you know, if we live in reaction, we're going to do very poorly. If we, we need, because there's so much junk around us, we need to live deliberately deliberately present in our own space, deliberately choosing who we hang out with, deliberately choosing the foods we eat, deliberately step by step putting in place a program that works because we are the master of our body and we are the master of our destiny. Mm. Let me go okay. back to the let me go back to the phone lines 202-319-7810 202-319-7810 Caroline calling from Woodbridge Virginia Caroline thanks for calling what's on your mind 
Hi, I'm Carol Lynn. Oh, Carol Lynn. Forgive me. Uh, Go right ahead. So, I'm a 60-year-old woman with type 2 diabetes. Um, I'm currently on Ozempic, which has truly have helped me a lot. I have a horrible addiction to chicken. Chicken, I eat it all every night. I don't know what to do. At this point, it's depressing me. Well, Carolyn, um, hold, hold on. Hold. What kind of chicken? Because fried I, I, fried. chicken. Okay. All right. I was raised in the South, South Carolina. My grandmother, oh, my God, she made the best fried chicken in the world. So I grew up <laughs> like that. And now my son is like that, too. That's all he does is fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What can I do? Michelle, Very what would you, what would, Michelle, hold on, Carolyn. Uh, Michelle, what would you recommend? Because it's, she sounds to me as if she is walking on the well-traveled road that you once yes. walked. Yes, yes. So th- there, are some, there are a couple of things that I would recommend. And what, and what Car- Carolyn, right, Carolyn is, ta- yes. is talking about is the emotional connections that we have to certain foods. And what mm-hmm. I found in my own journey, Carolyn, is that mm-hmm. once I really identified the emotional connection and separated mm-hmm. the food from the feeling, that's when I got some freedom. And you are almost there. You are almost there because you have just said, oh, my God, my grandmother made the best fried chicken, right? And the thing mm-hmm. is this, is when you get real clear that, and understand that you can get the feeling, you can get the memory, you can get the experience without eating the food, that, that's when you break free. And you, oh and my gosh! You, you don't, you don't really want the chicken. Not really. Not what you want is the experience and the feeling. You want to embrace the feeling and the memory of everything that your grandmother meant to you. And so, yeah. once you identify that, then you can, you can, you can do something to substitute it, right? And it doesn't even have, it doesn't have, have to happen all, you know, it doesn't have to happen all at once. So now, mm-hmm. now that you've got some clarity around that, now you can mm-hmm. bake some chicken. Right? You can bake some chicken and think about the fried chicken. Right? (laughs) And and let that be be the thing that reminds you of your grandmother. It doesn't doesn't exactly have to be the same thing. It it, it doesn't. But it takes practice. So maybe maybe what you do is instead instead of fried chicken, chicken every night, now you go three nights a week. Right? Then you yeah, go yeah. two nights a week, then one night, then one night a week. And what you'll yeah. find is you start to embrace that memory is that you don't need the food and that you can start thinking of other things that will give you the memory that you crave about your grant, that, that you crave about your That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm going to try and put that in effect. And, and Carolyn, how, how old is your son? He's 41. So maybe you can, son, maybe you can, too, can... At, his son is 16 at 230 pounds, and he's just sucking up chicken like crazy. Well, right? may, well, maybe, maybe you can make it a family affair. And yeah. if you if you don't want to do it on your own, maybe you can talk to them about 
you know, talking about supporting each other in, yeah. in, in the process. You, you know, one never knows. But good luck to you, Carolyn. Thank you so much for, for giving us a call. Uh, 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. So, you know, what role do you believe exercise and proper sleep play in in the food addiction battle. Huh. Yeah. Um, well, the more the more active you are physically, the more you can eat and burn. Uh, so that's one part of it. Mm-hmm. And sleep. In terms of sleep, if you don't get enough sleep, then you will feel stressed. When you feel stressed you're more likely to go to the foods that give you energy. For most people in the processed word world, that is sweetened starches, so starches and sugars, sweet stuff. Um, and because you're basically loading up on fuel because when you're stressed, you're sort of getting ready for fight or flight. Even though it's just you didn't get enough sleep put put you in that. Um, so, uh, so getting sleep is a really important thing, and being active. See, if you're not active, you don't need a body. You know, then if you if you're not active, if there's nothing to do, then you could just be a disembodied spirit floating around in in the in the ethers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the body is made for physical activity, schlepping stuff from here to there. You know, carrying. You know, whether it's carrying the grandkids or whether it's you know, digging in the garden or whatever it is. And we have automated so many things that we've become pretty lazy. So, again, we have to deliberately make time to be active, whether that's on a mini trampoline or going around the block. I have a chinning bar in, in my door jam so that every time I go by there, I do some, do some exercise. And I go for a walk every day and... You know, sometimes I just run just for the sheer heck of it. You know, so you have to do something to be active. You know, sometimes you can, you know, you could just move, rearrange your furniture every day if, if you need the exercise. Yeah. Michelle, let, let me ask Michelle. Michelle, what did you eat today? Oh, okay. This morning I had, um, I had melon. I had an assortment of melon. It was cantaloupe, honeydew, pineapple. And I am at a conference. I, I'm so glad you asked me because I'm at a conference in, in Palm Springs. Mm. I, cho- I chose to have that melon, even though on the uh, breakfast buffet there were, there were muffins there, there were grizzles there, there was a bunch of other stuff, but I looked and decided that I wanted to have the fruit. Okay, so right. that, that's what you have for breakfast. It is oh, almost okay, 8 o'clock. So, it, it, okay, lunch. Okay, it yeah. is... It is, um, it's not time for dinner here, but at lunchtime, here's what I had at lunch. Which, uh, it's 5 o'clock here, and we'll, I will be going to dinner very shortly. You say, oh, you're in California. I'm in, I'm in California. Oh, I'm thinking so, Florida. Okay, go ahead. And so, here, so here's what I had for lunch. Um, on, I had some cabbage. I had... Um, what kind of cabbage? cabbage? It, was, it was raw shredded cabbage. It was raw shredded uh, red cabbage with some green cabbage. There was some tofu um, on the on the on the I guess on the buffet. Um, 
They had some salad. I had some salad. They also had some kung, they had some kung pao chicken. They, I had some of the kung pao chicken, but they also had, they had rice. They had. Um, yeah, but what did you. I know, I know. I'm sure I know what they had. I want to know what you had. I, I just told you what I had. I, you had the I, rice, I, too? I, no, no, no. I did, I did not have okay, the rice. Okay, don't, don't tell me what they had. Chose, tell me I what you had. Have, I, chose, I, I chose not to have the rice. Okay. I had the, cabbage, I had the red cabbage. I had the white cabbage. I had the, kung, I had the kung pao chicken. And they had. Oh, I had some cucumber. I had some cucumber with some onion and a couple of other vegetables that they had on the buffet. Okay. That, that, that's that's what I had to eat today. Okay, so what are you going to have for dinner? Well, um, I am not sure because we're going to we're going to a restaurant off site, and what I can what I I can tell you what I'm not going to have, right? Uh, <laughs> but but I, but I will I will tell you that whatever whatever vegetable that they have there that that um that's appealing to me, and I like most all vegetables, I will have it. Today mm-hmm. they had string beans, but they had fried string beans. String beans. I elected not to have the fried string beans. Mm. So there, tonight there will likely be some sort of protein that will that will be okay, and I'll ha- I'll have that. They had um. um what kind had, of pro- what kind of protein is not okay? For for me, right? I'm not looking for any any protein that has a lot of stuff on it. Right, anything that has a lot of sauces, if it's been fried, if it's been fried in something, if if I'm looking for high quality protein, right, and and I'm I'm okay with I could eat beans every day, right? I could I could eat beans every day and get my protein from beans because I don't put any sort of status, I don't equate meat with status, right? That that's fine with me. So um, whatever kind of protein, if it if it's a, if it's a lean protein, I don't eat. Uh, beef or pork. So if they have some fish, if they have some chicken, I'll have that, and I have I have whatever be- I have whatever vegetable I have. So you know, what did you eat today? Well, let me let me let me start a little further back. It occurred to me one day. This is one of my insights that if you look at nature, the, the mandate of life in nature is that every creature that eats eats its food fresh, whole raw and organic and probably for human beings more plant-based than animal based Mm -hmm. so what i do is i have a fridge full of vegetables and i i get tahini which is a sesame ground up sesame Mm -hmm. i put an oil in that i developed because um my my specialty is essential fatty acids and I dip my broccoli. I love broccoli. I eat, you know, and obviously that's an acquired taste. It's not like donuts, right? So I love broccoli, <laughs> and I eat broccoli every day. And I had, uh, you know, cabbage, and I eat most of it raw, and tomatoes, most of it raw. I had a couple of bananas, monkey food, you know, because I'm still a bit of a monkey. And, uh, and, uh, and then I had uh, um, green tea. And let's see, what else did I eat? Uh, um, no, that was yesterday. I ate a pomegranate yesterday. Um, but le- but mostly, oh, oh seeds and seeds and nuts. Uh, so my, I'm more, I eat, I don't have carbs in my house. No bread, no pasta, no, uh, no, no noodles. No pierogies. Uh, no potatoes. Because I get, I put on weight on them. Yeah. So I, my energy source is, is good fats. 
omega-3s and omega-6 fats made with health in mind. Uh, and I use that, and I eat seeds and nuts. That's my energy food. And then fresh vegetables, and you name them, I eat them. And I mostly eat them raw. The only mm. thing I don't eat raw is, is beets because they scratch my throat when they're raw. So I, every once in a while, I'll cook some beets. But I hardly ever use my, my stove. I'm pretty much raw foods, pretty much plant-based. And I have, and you know, 81 years old, and I have more energy than I had when I was 38. Hmm. But I, because I pay so, more attention. Okay, so... I forgot about the broccoli. Thank you for reminding me. So I will say, mm, yum, yum. Um, <laughs> here's a problem that I think mm. a lot of people have with... What both of you have shared, and, and Michelle, you are from the DMV, so I think you are are acutely aware of some of the struggles. This is not like me quitting smoking cold turkey more than 20 years ago, okay? That, as hard as it was, when I'm listening to, to both of you and I'm thinking about regular people who do not do this for a living who are just trying to get to through the day michelle you know we have food deserts in many of the communities here in washington dc you know eating healthy raw or otherwise is not cheap mm-hmm. you know we you know we have the the joke in the community, you're going to Whole Foods? No, you're going to Whole Check because that's what yeah. you're going to spend when yeah. you go in there. So short of going cold turkey with the the raw cabbage and the raw, which I, I don't mind a little raw food, but I'm not doing that. And a lot of people, and, and, and a lot, and, you know, and the nuts and all of the, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I think and I think that we have to we can talk we can be high-minded and we can intellectualize the fact that we want to be healthier, we want to be more fit. But that Michelle is is a high bar. Okay, so let me let me just talk about this just for a little while. I'm so glad you brought this up. Because it, it is a journey, right? You don't just all of a sudden end up eating raw food. You start making you start making smarter choices, one choice, one day at a time that honors yeah. your body and how and how you want to live. So yeah, yeah. there are going to be some there are going to be some choices you have to make, but you do have to decide what kind of health you deserve. And as we think about, I want to speak to this. Just because it's in Whole Foods doesn't mean that it's good for you. I, I that, agree. That, I that, agree. That, that, is, that is the first thing. And then the second thing is that the choices, the choices that we make, that I make, that anybody makes about whether you're going to have processed food, whole food, real food, is, is not about really the food. It is, a, it is about desire. It is about what you desire for your body. And as long as we're in a, in a society where there is more desire that is created for the processed fast and junk food, then that's what people are going to choose. 
because because of desire. And if you start thinking about just like the food desert, and you think about you think oh you know we can't afford it. Again, if you go to the store, it, it doesn't have to be Whole Foods. And you buy a bag of apples, and there are twelve apples in that bag. That bag of twelve apples is going to cost less than a giant bag of Doritos. But people are going to choose their Doritos, which is going to cost more than the apples. There are going to be more servings of apples, and the apple is going to be the only thing that's the real food because of the desire around the Doritos or the chips or the whatever because of the salt, the sugar, the fat, the advertising messages that talk, they talk about the crunch. These companies spend billions of dollars to make the food addictive and create desire in people so that they will spend more money for food that will not even serve and honor their bodies. Yeah. I only have a, a little time left. I, you know, I, I'll end with you. So are you telling me that I've got to give up my escargot and my rare duck and my no. creme brulee? No, no. Let me, no let, me, let, me, let me put it in perspective for you. You say, like, eating, like, the way I talk about is more expensive. It's not more expensive if you include the cost of your body falling apart and trying to get that fixed because you're not doing that. So that's the one part. The second part is, and I have it on good authority, that the pain of not changing, when the pain of not changing is worse than the pain of changing, you will change. Yeah. So, and if you say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that because, you know, I will, for all, all of the good reasons that you have, and then you get the pain of not living in line with nature, because you're a creature of nature like everybody else. If you... If the pain of living out of line with nature, we call it illness, disease, whatever it is, heart attacks, arthritis, and diabetes, all lifestyle diseases, when that pain and the cost of it becomes greater than the pain of having to make a change in a habit, which is really just a head trip, yeah. then, you will, then you will change, then you will change. And maybe in one year or one month, could be any, I don't know how old you are or anything like that. In one month or one year or five years or 10 years, we might be taking, we, we might be talking, and you might actually be eating fresh, whole, raw, organic, mostly plant-based. Yeah. Well, I, something well, happened in your life where that began to make more sense. Well, I'll have to have that be the last word. You know, I'll tell you, I am a sexy 59. Um, but right. but <laughs> so I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about the tofu, but I hope that we've been able to give someone some advice to make sure that they are healthy. You know, Erasmus and Michelle yeah. Pettis, thank you so much for talking to us. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. That is The Daily Drum for this Monday, October 30th. I'm Harold Fisher. Good night.